and welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Um, my name is Sue Ellis Toller, and I'm your host. And it's only me today. So the full moon has been really taking a lot of energy from people. And so a lot of people are feeling very mm, <laughs> like everything is kind of a little bit too much right now. So, and then Michelle is at the dentist. So she's not able to join us because so it's just me today. And I think I'm going to talk to you guys about overwhelm because it is something that um, Michelle mentioned today in her space on Facebook. And I was just writing a blog about that today on com, And it's really, really easy to get overwhelmed in this day and age. You know, a lot of us are working day jobs and then we have like a side gig to make extra money. And then we have kids and we have exercise and we have homes to take care of, meals to cook and, you know, bills to pay and everything to sort out, um, social life, picnics and, you know, especially in the summertime, um, there's picnics and social functions and everything going on. And so a lot of times we're just yes, 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 yesing everything. And, you know, a lot of times we're kind of happy about the opportunities that come our way. And we think we're doing the right things, you know, um, being there for friends, um, helping other people out is a big thing, being there for relatives, um, you know, doing what we think we need to do for our communities, you know, taking care of social functions, et cetera. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we have very little left over for anyone else, or we're depleting our energy and, you know, kind of running on empty pretty much all the time. And I really think it's one of those things that can be like toxic buildup um, after a while, the stress of doing everything for everybody um, and not taking any breaks. Um, You know, in this day and age too, unfortunately, a lot of employers are taking advantage of the scarcity of jobs or the seeming scarcity of jobs and expecting more for less money. So even if you have a good job, you might be expected to check your email when you're out of work. You might be expected to work um, more than eight hours. Um, A lot of times salaried positions are much more flexible in terms of hours. Um, And sometimes the flexibility can work out in your benefit, but sometimes it is not really to your benefit because then you end up putting in a lot of hours and a lot of time and a lot of effort outside of the normal, you know, um, the normal eight-hour days. And so you end up making your regular pay amount, but then you are doing a lot more than what you're expected to do. And, you know, it's kind of funny because this expectation thing is a really interesting topic too, because a lot of times, um, You're expected to go above and beyond, but above and beyond isn't what is returned to you. So, for example, you give, you know, 150% at work or 150% in your relationships and everything. Hopefully your relationships are 150% back. Um, But then your pay remains the same. You don't get any extra benefits or bonuses for giving more. You know, sometimes you do. Sometimes you get a little bit more in terms of, you know, um, recognition, brownie points, you know, being noticed and using that notice to climb in your field um, or in your workplace. And sometimes it just isn't worth it. And I mean, I can't say it isn't worth it because, you know, a lot of us go to work and we're not there, you know, kind of to sit around and look at the clock. We're there to work while we're there. And if we get noticed and if it 
you know, is something above and beyond, then that's great. Um, and that's kind of how we run. So, you know, you got to weigh out the benefits. You got to weigh out the pros and the cons. You have to make sure that you're not depleting all of your energy and giving a lot more than you get in return or that your energy is compensated in, you know, in respect, in dollars, in perks, um, different things like that. So I have somebody on hold. I'm going to go ahead and take some mini readings tonight as well. So since I'm here and you guys are here, so let's see who's on hold. Hi, caller. Thanks for holding. Who am I talking to? Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So do you have a question or who am I speaking with first? I guess I could. This this is Rose. Hi, Rose. And where are you calling (laughs) from? Calling from New Jersey. Ah, uh, the accent probably gave you away, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a question today? I wanted to know um, if I'll be hearing from Evan anytime soon. Okay. Let's see. Uh-oh. Well, I do see that it might not be the right time for a relationship with him, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say that. So, um, I got the wheel of fortune reversed and that shows me, you know, timing is off, you know, you're, and it also seems like you're really going against your intuition by waiting for him, but you don't want to give up if there's still something there. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, it might be better at this point in time to move on. And mm-hmm. it might come again later. A, po- a possibility with him might come again later, but right now is just not the right time. Okay. Okay. Sorry right, about thank that, you. Rose. Thanks. Okay. okay. Bye. And that can sometimes be a little bit touchy when you're in relationships because um, they say wrong time, right person is still wrong person. And so, you know, a lot of times we're waiting for um, the love of our lives to come to us or to call us. And it's just not the right time. And that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. It just means that it's not the right time. Hang on two seconds. I have to go and stop fight about an iPad. Okay, sorry about that. It's always fun to be home alone with the kids and to do a radio show because sometimes the commercial break has to go so that mom can go break up a fight. So that's what just happened. But anyway, um, what I was saying, ah, and sometimes it's really kind of important that you just allow things to progress at their own at their own pace and their own speed. And sometimes people are working on learning their lessons that they need to learn in life before they're ready to come into a committed and, you know, um, lasting relationship. And that's okay. You just got to give them the opportunity to grow at their own pace and come back to you in a time when, you know, they're ready for that. Um, So I have another caller waiting here. My dog is waiting for me to pet her, so I have to move everything over. (laughs) So hang in. Hello, caller. Thank you for holding. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, glad to hear that. I've been enjoying listening to you. I appreciate all the information you're giving. Ah, thank you. Definitely. Good. So what's your name and how can I help you today? 
Um, my name is Patricia, and um, I did want to call in because um, I did want a, a mini reading from you. <laughs> my okay. father passed away Thursday, and oh, we're we're taking care of things. Um, I do have one sister that's um, a little contentious, and we um, my brother inherited the home, and. Um, they're already, you know, talking to him about selling it and so on and so forth. But I just want to okay. make sure that everything's going to get settled and we'll we be at peace. So far it's been peaceful, but I, I just want to make sure it's going to be settled and it's going to go smoothly. Okay. Okay. First of all, I'm very sorry that's so recently so... I hope yeah. that his passing was peaceful and that you all got to say your goodbyes and everything before he... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did that. a lot with him before he passed. I I understand the whole process of birth and life and death. So it didn't affect me as much because I understand he's in the spirit world and I, I understand all that. And he did die peacefully. Ah, uh, good. Too. That's good to hear. So, And it's good that you were there and you understand the transition and that it's just a natural part of life. And yeah. hopefully you were able to give some some peace to your family members, to your brothers and sisters as they were going through it as well. So, Yes, I did. I, I, um, I did speak with my sister and my brother about all the dreams of, of angels and all that that I've had about my family. So it really comforted them to know that my dad is is in the spirit world and he's alive. <laughs> he's not dead. Right. Yeah, and that yeah. energy still lives no matter what, you know, if it's trapped in a body or if it's freed from, you know, this plane, it's still there and it's it's yeah. one a wonderful attitude to have. So it's good that you were able to help them with that. So I do see that people, you are all going to work really well together on this. Um, Mm. So the first card that, you know, one of the cards that came up, I'll I'll say, is the three of pentacles. There might be a little bit of imbalance at first, though. Um, I see a little bit of elbowing and kind of, um, you know, bringing grief into the wrong arena. Do you know what I mean by that? So instead of um, really working out the grief and the sadness and, you know, some your your family member, members might not feel that they settled things properly with your father before he passed. Mm. And that might come into this, you know, um, mediation about how things should be split up and everything so um but ultimately it's going to end peacefully okay yeah i just want everything to be fair and divvied up fair and even and um and just let it go right right and just make sure to speak up calmly and kindly about that okay okay so yeah, because my pieces were up a little bit, <laughs> so I'm glad I talked to you about that. Okay. Yeah, and and don't fear being a peacemaker in the process, and mm-hmm. don't okay. fear, you know, kind of um, pointing out, you know, oh, this might be a little bit of a better way to work on this or could we do it this way instead of that way? You know, make sure that you talk to everybody and maybe even encourage everybody to share their feelings about how how things are going because a lot of times communication and conversation will help to alleviate a lot of battles. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, okay. I will... I will phrase it like that. That's a good good way of doing it. Okay. And we just got 4444, so <laughs> I think the angels oh. are there with that, too. So. <laughs> um, where did you get that from the cards? Or? 
Um, from the timer. <laughs> I was just look, oh, I just the looked timer? up the, Yeah, I just looked up my oh, computer and it was four 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 four. So I think that's a double, you know, indication that the angels are there. So Okay. Well I hey? will remember that and I will ask for the angels to assist me with that definitely. Thank um, you. You're welcome. And also just to give you a couple of specific angels to work with while you're um, doing, you know, kind of grieving is going to be Archangel Azrael. Okay. Um, and he helps to families to grieve and also helps the the newly transformed soul to kind of get acclimated. Okay. Um, and then there's Archangel Raziel, and he helps with, like, legal negotiations, things like that. And Shamuel is unconditional love. So definitely kind of spread that love around all of the mediations that you do and all of the the conversations that you have so that you can start from that place, okay? Okay. Okay. Well, that's beautiful. Okay. I'm so glad I called. Thank oh, you. You're welcome, Patricia. And I'm sorry again and, you know, Good luck with this, definitely. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. So a lot of people also work with angels. I know that um, Michelle and Melody also work with angels as well, and we all kind of have a very similar background in um, working with the angels uh, and, you know, just different methodologies of working with them. And, you know, Patricia brought up a really good point that, you know, when a person passes on or a person, you know, makes a transformation from this plane onto the next plane, it can be a process for the families, um, especially those who aren't really kind of, who are more attached to this realm, I want to say, in a way. You know, it's just everybody processes grief in their own way, on their own terms, and that's okay. You know, you're going to be have days where you're sad. You're going to have days where you're nostalgic. You're going to have days when you're angry with God for taking, you know, a loved one away from you. Um so I think it's really important to allow yourself definitely to have any feelings that come up when a loved one passes on, um, but to also look for signs that that person is still with you. You know, um, this is something that I've talked about before because my dad passed like seven years now, almost to the day. So I think his, he, he passed on on like the 14th of July. And it was about a week after we got to America to see him um, when he was really sick at the end there. And, you know, it's kind of, for me, it was a really different emotional thing, especially because of, you know, my beliefs and everything that, you know, the spirit just passes, you know, transforms into a different type of energy and that the person is still with you. But there have been a couple of times where I really, you know, noticed my dad's energy around just like, you know, silly, goofy things that I think he would have done and, you know, to show me that he was there. And, um, you know, things with the boys, with my kids and everything. So it's really, you know, kind of on the one hand, I'm there's a lot of stuff that just didn't get dealt with <laughs> when I could talk with him. But on the other hand, you know, I see that his spirit is with us and I understand, you know, a lot of his role in my life and I work with that and try not to be sad or anything about it because I know he's still with us. So, and in some way and in some form. So, but anyway, um, going back to overwhelm and, you know, uh, dealing with getting to that point. Because 
um, you know, I was thinking about overwhelm when I was writing this blog post that I did and, you know, thinking about how I felt the whole time, like I was on the right path, like I was doing the right thing. And there were some times where I had doubt where I said, okay, this isn't the right, this is right in some ways, but not right in other ways. And, you know, but I'll just keep on going because, you know, I need the money or because it's there right now or because, um, you know, um, people are relying on me to do what I need to do or to do what I said I would do. Um, And so, you know, when you allow yourself to kind of continue, (laughs) I feel like it's like snowballing where you start out and it's just little you know, rolling down the hill a little bit out of control. And then, you know, the more you go down the hill, the more accumulates. And it does turn into like a snowball of like just responsibility and yeses when you should have said no. And for me, it was, I mean, I ended up saying yes to all the wrong things and not having time for all the right things, you know. Um, For example, we were going to do a tarot cruise, and I was so excited about the opportunity because it's, you know, it was leaving from Texas, and it was with this woman who I interact with on the Internet, um, who I simply adore, and it would have been like a really cool vacation tarot kind of thing. Um, But I had so many other things that I felt were priorities over this that I just kind of blew it off which made me totally sad because I think that would have been like a really fun, exciting thing to do. And then it ended up, you know, kind of falling off my plate because I had all this other stuff going on, which I was totally sad that that ended up not working out. But then ultimately, you know, with my job and with everything that was going on, um, my health ended up suffering my children ended up suffering my relationship with my husband ended up suffering you know all this stuff that you know and that's kind of when you realize that you get into this overwhelm you just like you know for me it's like total (laughs) it was total stress from the time I woke up and opened my eyes to the time I went to bed and um and like I said missed opportunities where I was just focusing my energy in the wrong ways and on the wrong channels. But I can't say they were wrong. You know, ultimately I can't say that they were, could I say that they were wrong? I don't know. But, you know, it it was definitely lessons learned by doing this and lessons learned about moving on and moving forward and what I want to put my energy into because like, um, I really love helping other spiritual entrepreneurs, you know, share their gifts with other people and build their businesses and everything like that. And that's what I was doing through this other channel. And then, you know, all the time though, I felt like I wasn't really doing, helping people in the way that I wanted to help them. I was kind of doing it in this really roundabout way. Um, And so now I'm going back to the spiritual business spotlight and the spiritual business basics and kind of working on it from that way and doing these mini readings. And, you know, um, I also do readings online and I love that. I mean, working with people, helping people out, doing these um, radio shows, doing um, casts and things like that and videos. I love doing that, but when I got to the point of overwhelm, it just seems like it was just another thing to do. It was just another moment of over busy. It was another thing that I had to add to my to-do list, and it was kind of making me just completely, you know, overwhelmed. Like I said, overwhelmed and out of focus. And what do you need to do? When you get to that point, when you figure out you're overwhelmed, um, first of all, forgive yourself. It's okay. We all do it. You know, don't kick yourself in the butt and make it worse. 
than it already is because you're already overwhelmed enough. You don't need to like put your a monkey on your back whipping you over making wrong decisions. Um, second, figure out what the primary cause of your stress is or the primary causes of your stress are. And for me, it was that my priorities were all out of whack and that, you know, I was putting a lot more time, effort, and energy into my job than I was into my family. And that, to me, seemed like it was the reverse of what I wanted. I wanted, you know, to put time into my job when I wasn't putting time into my family or to use my job as a way of supporting my family time. And so I really had to look at the hours that I was working and say, okay, um, instead of being available from, you know, 9 a.m. until 11 p.m., which was kind of how it was, then I was going to be available from, you know, 10 until 2 when I had to pick up my kids and then from their bedtime until about midnight, maybe, you know, give or take, just depending on the day. And as you can tell, that's even kind of a, a quite a schedule for being available for other people. And, um, you know, so I tried to do that, but it was still too much for me. And so I ended up quitting my job and so there was other stuff that was really stressful Um, but I ended up quitting my job and that right there took out a lot of the stress and overwhelm that I was feeling not all of it of course because you know during the time that I had been overworking using my busy um, I was actually using that excuse of being busy to avoid other things you know um my house is okay it's at a level that's pretty acceptable but it's not where I want it to be you know um when I was working too much or when I was busy I used it to avoid socializing I used it to avoid you know um bugging my kids about their screen time and things like that And so it really fed into, you know, kind of unhealthy patterns for me as well. Um, I used to go out and take care of my garden. It was like a source of pride for me. I had like, you know, all my herbs and my trees and I was really kind of happy about it. It was really, you know, the witch that I am. Um, And I also used to go out and take hikes and go all over the place with my kids and my dog and, um, you know, just spend a lot of time outdoors doing stuff and being active. And then, you know, for a year and a half, I just spent in front of the computer, like kind of ignoring everything that wasn't posting on social media or, you know, creating or, you know, communicating or um, looking into different things. And so it was really difficult for me to kind of pull myself out of, my own busyness and realign my activities and what I was doing with my priorities. My priorities were my family, having fun in life, my health, um, my spirituality, of course. And so I had to really re like shift everything so that I was re in line with those things. But it is a change in habits because now I don't get up and just get on the internet right away. I do still check my emails, of course, you know, to find out who's doing what and make sure everything, everybody in my family is okay. But then I put a cap on it and then, you know, we go to a hike or I go out in the garden and you know, do stuff that I used to do, like dig it up. I'm really excited. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds so stupid, but I'm excited about going out there with a big shovel and turning over all the soil and getting my fall crop planted so that I can like be out there like, you know, and then 
planning some other stuff um, for the front of my yard and stuff like that. And I know it sounds dorky and everything, but this is, you know, this is essential to me. These things are essential to me. Having time to spend with my kids and not putting them on hold while I'm working is essential to me. It's like what I want for my life. And I was just lucky enough where what I do is um, easy to do in a variety of different places. So I did make sure that I was working on building up my presence in other places and, you know, doing readings on Zodiac Psychics, for example, or, you know, other websites that I'm on um, so that I could make up for that lost income because I couldn't make that jump. I couldn't give up my job like many, many other people. I couldn't give up my job without having something to replace the income. And so I'm not saying like abandon all of the things that are bring you security or, you know, pay your bills or whatever. But what I am saying is if there is something that's a huge source of stress for you, you have to recognize it. You have to be honest with yourself about it and you have to work to replace that or to change it because, bitching about it isn't going to do anything for you and continuing on with the cycle isn't going to do anything for you. And, you know, I had gotten to the point where I just didn't even like myself anymore because of the way I was acting, the way I was treating people, um, the way I treated myself and allowed myself to be treated and undervalued and everything. And so, you know, that's part of the thing is, too, that you have to be really, really honest with yourself about how you feel about who you've become. And if you're not acting in a way that you want to act, you're the one who's free to make these changes. I don't want to say you're free to make these changes, but it's your responsibility to make them. It's your responsibility to kind of say, I have this life to do with what I want to do with it. And these are the things that I can control. And if there's anything that's within my realm of control that I can change in order to make my life better, then I need to do that instead of playing a victim. You know, you have, you can either play the victim or you can empower yourself in your life. And, you know, and sometimes I know it's really, really hard and it's easier said than done. I get that totally. You know, I understand But I guess I'm just one of those people that, you know, um, I put myself to the task. I want to walk my talk. I don't want to get to the point where I can't look myself in the mirror because I'm not living the life that I want to live or I'm lying to myself about things or I'm just plain unhappy all the time. And I know a lot of people who let themselves fall into that place where they're really unhappy all the time. And and they kind of don't do anything to fix it. And I understand making those changes to fix things in your life is scary. And sometimes you fall back into habits that are bad habits. Or you fall back in with people that aren't serving you, you know, or are, you know, fueling negative energy in your life. And so it's really important that, you know, I just feel like I'm babbling right now. So I'm probably going to end this in like five minutes, but I didn't want to let you guys down by not being here. So um, it's really weird because I had listeners call in earlier, but, you know, it's just me today. It's not the three of us. So maybe it's just that, but um you know, getting out of that space of overwhelm, it takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of honesty. And it also takes a lot of, you know, strength of character and stuff because it can be scary. Making those changes can be scary. Um, Okay, so we talked about being honest with yourself. We talked about really taking time to evaluate your life and what's bothering you. Um, knock things off of your list that are a no. 
you know, they say if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So if you've agreed to do anything, and I know that I would like to say no to dishes or I would like to say no to clean in the backyard or whatever. These are things I can't say no to. So be reasonable about that. But, you know, and make sure, too, that you say yes. When you say no to things that you don't love and that aren't really awesome for you, then you're limiting your time to work on those things that are total yeses, like I did with that cruise, you know. Um, I understand it was more than me and this and that and the other thing, but, um, you know, um, remember when you say yes to something you don't want to do, that takes away your time to do things you really want to do. So um, also, you know, make sure that you take time out for yourself because a lot of people who are suffering from overwhelm don't do anything for themselves. Um, Get out of your house if you can. And I'm not talking about just going to work or going to the gym. You know, go do something that you like to do. Go to an art museum. Go to a lecture. Um, So just do things that kind of are things that you really like to do that will fill you up, that will make you feel more relaxed. Get a massage. A massage is so awesome. Seriously, I wish I had time to go, not more time, but money to go every week for a massage. Massages are awesome. You know, go for a walk, take your dog out, do stuff that feeds your soul Get your art out. Turn your music up. Do things that make you feel good. Um, Spend time with your friends. That's another thing. Like, we get so focused on family and responsibility and work and sucked into social media and that we don't go see our friends in real life. So go out and have a coffee or a martini. Oh, my kids are going to. Um, do things that kind of feed your soul and socializing is going to help to do that. Find some exercise that feels good and that makes you feel good. Um, Give up crappy foods. I know this is really hard too. I just hid in the kitchen with my Ben and Jerry's today, but seriously, try and limit soda, McDonald's, fast food, Eat things that are nutritious and healthy. It's amazing what your diet does to your attitude and your emotions. Um, let's see. Ah, delegate in your house to do. Um, if you have kids or family, don't take on all the responsibility of cooking and cleaning and folding and washing and drying and sorting and, you know, cleaning everything yourself. Share those responsibilities with your family. Your family, your kids need to learn responsibility. And they feel good for helping out. Kids love to help out, seriously. And if you need to, you know, they love to help mom and dad. They love to make you proud. They love to see their accomplishments, you know. So delegate responsibilities. Um, Delegate child care to dad. Make sure that he's, you know, uh, pulling his weight around the house, taking the kids off your hands from time to time, or mom, if, you know, if you're the stay-at-home dad. Um, And if you can afford it, get a house cleaner. There's no shame in hiring somebody to do the stuff that you don't want to do. If it takes more time than you have, order your groceries from the internet, you know, get things reordered from Amazon. Um, Have somebody take your car during the day and clean it or, you know, take it to one of those places. Um, I really love having stuff like Kindle on my phone because then I always have books with me. So if I have to wait at a doctor's office or 
you know, anywhere. I always have something to do. If driving stresses you out, see if you can carpool with somebody at work um, or if you can take public transportation. I know in America it's not as easy. It's, you know, kind of getting there. But um, carpooling, public transportation, things like that can totally wipe some time off. Um, If your job allows people to telecommute or work from home, look into that. Um, But make sure that you put boundaries on it. And I really think that boundaries are something that also help you to avoid overwhelm, like boundaries in terms of what other people ask you, what you're willing to do, how you value your time, um, what you're willing to settle for, Um, you know, different things, boundaries. They're like my Achilles heel. I'm so horrible at boundaries, but I know that they're necessary. So, and that they help to avoid overwhelm. So, you know, it's a little steps that you do every day. It's little changes in your habit and big, scary changes. Um, like having that talk with your husband to ask him to take on more responsibility at home or, you know, like, switching jobs, updating your resume, you know, um, toxic environments can be horrible on your health and well-being. And when you are feeling undervalued in some places, then it's likely that that's a theme in your life and that you are prone to overwhelm because you aren't valuing yourself, your energy, your time, and other people aren't valuing it either. You know, a lot of that worth starts with you um, and what you'll accept from other people. And, you know, a lot of us, like I started out the show by saying, a lot of us put our best efforts forward. We're just like that. You know, we're givers. And, you know, opposites attract or whatever, but (laughs) we always attract people who are happy to take and you know it's up to us we can't make other people responsible for honoring us as much as we would like to do that we can't do that we have to allow you know we have to hold those boundaries of what our value is and we can't expect other people to honor that if we don't honor it ourselves and if we you know kind of slide on that as well because they just think oh well that's normal that's what this person is willing to give this what this person is willing you know so I can ask for more or I can continue to undervalue or appreciate that person or the other person doesn't even know and so you have to communicate with them And it's likely, too, when you ask other people for help around the house or, you know, with things that, you know, I don't know, trading kids, for example. I don't want to say trading kids, but like, um, you know, having one parent trade send their kids over to you for a night so that they have a night off and then you send your kids over to them on another night so that you have a night off. So, you know, kind of sharing responsibility and remember to reach out too, because no person is an Island. And a lot of times the people who give the most have these friends who really adore them and who would give to them in a heartbeat or a millisecond but the givers don't ask because they're not comfortable with receiving. So you have to think that other people find happiness in giving too. And so if you, you know, if your friend don't turn things down, if your friend says, I want to take you out for lunch because you've paid for their lunch or you've done something very special for them, or, you know, they just want to honor you. Don't say no, 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 you know, let them treat you. If somebody offers to do something nice for you, let them do it. You know, act appreciative. Don't take advantage, but allow other people to give to you. 
don't be the only one who gives to other people because other people, just like you, find enjoyment in giving. So, and I think, let's see, I'm trying to think if I covered everything about overcoming overwhelm. Because, and remember, you don't have to do it all right now, today. You know, if you feel overwhelmed by your house, for example, if you have a huge project ahead of you, if you have to, you know, um, do something small. My grandma always said, just pick up a dish. Just start with something small. Make a an agreement with yourself. Say, okay, I know I have all these bills to look through or this paperwork. Oh, paperwork is my, it's my nemesis. It's my, my personal demon or whatever. But say, okay, today I'm going to spend five minutes looking through this pile and getting rid of the ads that I don't need or throwing away the expired ads or, you know, and not or and, but and, you know, um, filing papers that need to be filed. Just five minutes every day. That's all you have to do. Go through your clothes. Get rid of stuff that you know is old or stained or ugly or doesn't fit you. Because a lot of times um, physical clutter is really overwhelming. And especially if you're sensitive to energy, like when you have too much stuff laying around, it really starts, I know for me, it starts to freak me out. My husband gets like wigged, but you know, I, so for example, I have this pair of tennis shoes sitting in front of me. They're almost brand new and I need to just take them over to the tennis place and say, does anybody need a pair of tennis shoes or like take a picture and write it on the, um, in our tennis club thing. So, you know, get rid of stuff that you don't need, get rid of stuff that's broken or just that you won't use anymore. Give it to Goodwill or donate it to charity. Just get it out of your home because eliminating that clutter is going to clear out your energetic field and it's going to feel good because it's going to take away from some of that overwhelm because, you know, and don't expect yourself to do it all in one day. You don't have to do it all in one day. You have the rest of your life to do it, but just do one or two things a day. Um, The thing that I started doing too was getting rid of coffee cups that were like broken. Like we have some chipped coffee cups and I don't know why I kept them. It was really silly of me, but even that kind of stuff is adding to, like, it adds to my overwhelm. So if I can do small things that better, then I'm working towards being better. I'm working towards not being overwhelmed anymore. So these are, you know, kind of some of the things that I've mentioned are very simple to do, and some of them are a little bit more challenging and some of them are going to be transformational and life-changing and require a lot of, you know, effort if you need to update your resume, for example, so that you can look for a new job or if you need to go to school to get qualified for something you really love doing. Um, But just be honest with yourself. Know when enough is enough. Make sure that you take care of your primary needs, your your need for socialization, your need for food, your need for drink, your need for sleep. Um, get enough sleep. That's so important. Put the Netflix away. That's what the beautiful thing about Netflix is, is it's there tomorrow. And it even holds your place. So you don't even have to find it again. Um, so sleep when you need to sleep. Delegate, um, you know, uh, exercise, exercise, eat right. All those things are going to help with your mood and with your energy and with your ability to deal with life and what it throws at you. You know, um, say no when you want to say no. Don't say yes to be nice. Be nice to yourself. (laughs) 
Uh, that's another thing. And don't get upset with yourself when things don't turn out the way you wanted them to or you find out you're on the wrong road. Just say, oops, you know, I am in a place where I didn't think I would be and now I need to rewrite my course. So, and, you know, so with that, I think I'm going to let you all go. My kids have started screaming at the TV and it's getting loud, but I'm glad I made it today because, hey, you listen to me babble for like an hour. And I hope that this advice helps you when you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and if you need help, you know, kind of finding your way, organizing your life, making decisions, feel free to reach out me for an email reading or a Skype or over chat on um, Zodiac Psychics. Melody Luna and Michelle McKenzie are also really, really good people to talk to. Um, the three of us are at Zodiac Psychics, so, um, and there are a lot of fabulous readers over there. So I hope this helped you again, and we will talk to you next week. And have a fabulous day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, again, my name is Sue Ellis Soller, and you can find me at sueellissoller.com or, like I said, at Zodiac Psychics, or you can email me at sue at sueellissoller.com. And that's S U E E L L I S S. A-L-L-E-R. So have a fantastic evening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. If it lets me end the episode. Der jetzt kaufen, später zahlen Spaß. Das ist die 0% Finanzierung von Mediamarkt. Damit bezahlen Sie Ihren Einkauf ab 299 Euro einfach in 36 kleinen Monatsraten. Mit null Zinsen, mit null Zusatzkosten, mit null Anzahlung. Ab sofort noch bis 18. März im Markt und im Onlineshop. Wo kommt der Spaß her? Mediamarkt.